Before we start, a quick message. I'm proud to share that Nighttime has again been nominated for Best Podcast in the annual Best of Halifax survey. Now, let me be fully transparent here. I'm about to ask for you to vote on something. But this isn't just some kind of egocentric pursuit of mine. Having the show receive awards such as this one allows me to better position myself when inviting guests, better position myself when applying for press credentials, or just make my efforts to grow the show a bit easier. So when I ask you to go to nighttimepodcast.com, click vote now, and vote for Nighttime Podcast, it's because I know your support will help the show better provide the content you come here for. So with that said, please go to nighttimepodcast.com, click vote now, and vote for Nighttime Podcast. It shouldn't even take you 30 seconds. I thank you in advance. Now let's get to the episode. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is a venue for my pal Aaron Airport and I to seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that caught our eye over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of August 29th, 2023, Aaron and I find ourselves overburdened with animal invasions, weird crimes, and I guess a sea change in the world of Canadian facial tissue. We discuss Pomba the pig, who survived the wildfires in Western Canada. We investigate the theft of a small fortune of rocks and fossils from a Vancouver shop. We'll talk about the death of Kleenex Canada, and yes, Another stone will be thrown in the animal uprising. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. We're here. We're live. We're recording. You know what we got to do, right? Oh, I have a, a, a funny feeling of what we have to do. Yes. Just say it. Just state our mandate. Keep Canada weird. Um, but before we do, what's new with you? Tell me about your life. My life. Okay. Well. Yeah. Um, let's jump right in. Let's jump right into my life. Okay. Life is good. It's been, you know, I was at uh, some shows for the Cape Breton Comedy Festival on the weekend. So that was fun. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Any, like, uh, guests that traveled in to perform? Or is it, like, a local No, no. Night? It was uh, comedians from mostly around uh, Atlantic Canada. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was a good time. I went to a couple of the shows, and that was fun. Other than... Comedy night in Cape Breton. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Anything that's been on your radar or any, you know, burning topics on your chest you want to get off and unload on Keep Canada Weird Nation? Uh, I noticed that you are wearing the sign of the devil on your shirt. It's true. I I found this shirt and, and I had to and wear you it for you. haven't taken pe- it off since, I noticed, because you got it the other day. <laughs> and then every single social media post that I saw from you since you got that shirt, you are wearing that shirt. So tell me, how many times have you washed it since you bought it? I'll be honest. I got the, the shirt I'm wearing for people who are listening and not able to view the live recording that we do on our YouTube channel uh, every Tuesday night at 9.15 Atlantic time. I'm wearing a roll up the rim to win shirt. I got this at Value Village, a thrift store in Halifax. Four or five days ago, it was probably one. I don't think it was sold to the public. I imagine this is what the employees were wearing when they were butchering orders and making crap coffee. I saw it for sale at the thrift store and I thought, I got to get this. Um, 
I bought it. I washed it once and I've been wearing it since. I think I'm on day mm-hmm. three, but I'll be honest. One of the days I had a bonfire in my backyard. So the shirt really smelled like a bonfire. So what I did to uh, alleviate that issue is I hung it in my bathroom um, while I got a shower. <laughs> and then when I got out of the shower, the shirt actually smelled fresher. So now I'm on day three and we're going good and it's looking awesome. I've got a lot of compliments so far. Compliments to the chef, Tim Hortons. Yeah. Um, no, who didn't compliment it is my wife. Yeah. If I was married to you, I also would not compliment your shirt. <laughs> Uh, I'm happy to have it. I've got a few odd looks, uh, but whatever. Here we are. Let's get into it, though. We're not here to talk about my shirt. We're not even here to talk about fashion at all. We're here to fulfill our mandate, to fulfill our mission, to keep Canada weird by seeking out and highlighting the, the most unique, offbeat, and unusual stories to play out in our great nation over the past week. And tonight, we got a, a cornucopia of odd Canadiana. We're going to talk about Pumbaa the pig, who is a survivor. We're going to talk about the theft of some bones and some rocks from a Vancouver, BC bones and rock store. We're going to hear the sad story of another Canadian institution that's leaving the country as a result of, I don't know, international business stuff. And then we're going to end with another story from the alien uprising. This one concerning a home invasion taken on by you a said alien uprising instead of animal uprising are you sure you did yeah <laughs> which is then we have another story from the animal uprising this one concerning a home invasion that a raccoon carried out an alien raccoon <laughs> it may have been mm-hmm. uh that could be a theory one that we haven't explored okay yet. let's dig into it tonight then Let's yeah. Well, let's dig into a whole bunch of topics. Where do you want to start with this? Uh, well, let's let's. Uh, well, do we have any voicemails? Let's start with a voicemail. We have voicemails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Voicemails. I like starting uh, with at least a voicemail. Okay, let's get into one. We have a good one here. Uh, we have a few tonight, uh, but this one is is from a listener named Zach. We've heard from him before a while ago, and this voicemail from Zach uh, is responding to. Um, a call out that we made a few episodes back when we covered the family that came to Canada to get ketchup chips, you and I talked about like what snack or what treat would we travel across the world for? Uh, Zach wanted to let us know what he would travel for. Listen to this. Hey guys, it's Zach from Pittsburgh again. I am responding to the, which snack would you go long distances for? And my God, if it wouldn't be, I don't know if they still make it because I have not seen it in years. But if anybody, if, if even a private collector, if there's such a thing for chips, had cinnamon sun chips, um, dude, I don't know if you've ever had them things, but like you could not be hungry at all. And you make the mistake of eating one cinnamon sun chip, the bag is gone. Like that that snack was just so freaking fantastic. Um, but you, seriously, you take one and you just you just keep going and going and going and going to, to your own shame. Like you'll finish the bag and go, oh shit, it's gone. <laughs> like, oh my god, I would I would go distances to get a 
huge amount of those bags of those chips and just stockpile the hell out of them. <laughs> um, they were amazing. Uh, don't know if they still make them. If they do, goodness, I would like to hear it because, like I said, I'll travel. I'll get them. Uh, love what you guys do. Talk to you later. Wow. Well, <laughs> Zach was excited. I hope. I've never heard of cinnamon I, sun chips. I haven't, nor have I ever heard someone so excited about the thought of cinnamon sun chips. I have a feeling Zach, or, or about any chip, I have a feeling Zach intended that to be a very short, quick little message. I heard him get swept away, and I really hope he had like a cigarette in a cold shower after leaving us that voicemail, because uh, I think he got a little hot and bothered by the idea of getting cinnamon sun chips. I have never heard of them. The only sun chips I think I've ever seen were the Harvest Cheddar, and then there's the Green Bag, and I don't know what that yeah, is called. It's, all, it's like a, I know the Green Bag you're talking about. Um I think it's like maybe like French. Yeah, onion some kind of an onion kind of situation. Thing. But yeah, the cinnamon uh, sun chips is a real metaphor for probably maybe the relationships in this caller's life. Because he, because the way he spoke it's... about it was that you know you have one chip and you enjoy it so much. Next thing you know, the chips are gone, and then you're sad. So mm -hmm. to your own shame. Yeah. So it almost feels it... like. Who did you hurt, Zach? Yeah, and you know you had a relationship in your life, and you loved this person, but maybe you didn't cherish the moments quite in the right way, and then that person left your mm -hmm. life, and now they're gone. You can't get them back, and now you're lonely and miserable. Mm-hmm. Calling in a Canadian podcast from Pittsburgh, <laughs> talking <laughs> about, about I'm using air quotes. Cinnamon yeah, sun chips. We chip know who exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach. oh, Zach, we buddy. can't help you with what you mm -hmm. need, bud. You can, you know, you can travel, but I don't know if you're going to find what you're looking for. Even if you do come across a bag of cinnamon yeah, chips. Call us, call us back when you see a Sasquatch and then we'll listen to your rant about that for a while. <laughs> no, I th I feel bad for him. I think uh, Zach's going through something and it managed to manifest itself in a voice memo to our show. And I don't know who or, or I don't know uh, who the cinnamon sun chips are an analogy for. But if they're listening, Zach wants to hear from you. He mm -hmm. misses you. And he's sorry. And if anybody else has ever heard of cinnamon sun chips, we would really like to hear from you as well, because clearly yeah. we don't believe me, that they're real. Yeah. If they are real, we may owe Zach an apology. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, <laughs> United States Congress will have a, a session about cinnamon sun chips <laughs> and have people yeah, right. say, well, you know, I'm behind closed doors. I can tell you about the cinnamon sun chips, but I can't say right yeah. now. But I have talked to someone Not in this form. Talked to someone who talked to someone who said they did try a cinnamon sun chip. <laughs> We've wasted enough time. Let's get into it, Aaron. Where are we going to start with this? You want, let's jump right into Pumba the Pumba the pig. How does that sound? Pumba, Pumba. Pumba, I like Pumba. Okay, uh, Pumba, Pumba. Let's get into the story of a pig that is a survivor 
of the wildfires that have been tearing through the western uh, side of Canada. Specifically, this pig survived a dev the devastating fires that surrounded uh, the pig on what remained of the Broken Rail Ranch in West Kelowna. The ranch was engulfed in flames last Thursday, but when the fires went out, Pumbaa was found roaming on the last remaining patch of grass. Listen to this. An extremely lucky pig is safe and sound after being caught in the wildfire chaos in West Kelowna. The incredible story shared on social media by Broken Rail Ranch. Operators say they couldn't move Pumbaa out in time as flames approached, so they opened her gate and let her run out. In the aftermath, Pumbaa was found nestled up to a bobcat vehicle unharmed. Fire crews have been giving Pumbaa plenty of attention, giving her food and water. Unfortunately, the ranch Pumbaa called home will be closed for a while. Most of its structures burned. So the article we just listened to i have i have a complaint about it is they missed the most exciting and interesting part of this story so the fires come the firm is surrounded by flames but the owners have no way to rescue all these animals so what they do to give the animals a chance is they just open all the gates to let the animals mm -hmm. you know run free which is what they did the owners take off saving themselves the animals clear the gates and go off in their own, uh, left to their own devices. After the flames started to calm down, um, one of the community members, like someone who lives nearby had a helicopter and they were just driving their helicopter around the area, surveying the damage. Um, and of course, a bunch of homes and buildings burnt down, but it was that helicopter pilot, a neighbor of the owners of the, of the ranch that saw Pumbaa just sitting on this one little patch of unburnt grass. Uh, they knew it was going to be some time before they could go to rescue Pumbaa. So Aaron, do you know what they did to allow Pumbaa to survive the wait? Uh, do you have any idea how- Didn't they drop granola bars on him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, the helicopter pilot hovered over Pumbaa, who was sitting on this little patch of grass surrounded by black ash, and they dropped down a couple bags of granola bars, and the pig just chewed through them, and that's how he survived the last few days. And then once it was safe, they went in and took him home, and he's all right. Yeah, it's 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 quite a fantastic story. And mm -hmm. I don't know, are granola bars good for pigs? Or I guess a in that situation anything is good for a pig but yeah i don't think i think it's like its health was you know as far as like uh nutritional health was probably low on the list of priorities but uh or considerations i don't think a granola bar is something a pig should be living off of but i think a pig like those animals are just like living compost bins they would probably just chew on a tree if they were hungry enough and get mm -hmm. by they'll eat anything that's what like literally like people call people or other things pigs because they just eat too much or eat everything we're talking about an actual pig here it would eat anything it would eat anything yes of course yeah and uh, certainly uh in terms of things to drop down from a helicopter granola bars would be easy enough to, to do that uh well though you could probably they have enough weight to them that you could target them and mm -hmm. And they would drop down relatively where you're trying to drop them, I guess. Mm. And I'm sure, I'm sure a pig would love it. You know, something I saw one time that was kind of wild relating to pigs. I was at uh, a farm outside of Halifax 
where like you can go there in the you know fall and pick apples uh or or pick pumpkins and bring your pumpkin home and all this stuff but they they also have animals you can like you know ride horses or touch the petting zoo i guess you mm -hmm. call it a petting zoo uh but what they were doing we were there i think this was last year we were picking out pumpkins for halloween and the pumpkins that were misshapen or damaged or whatever they would feed to the pigs and we were there when they had this little like kind of tractor thing and it dumped 150 pumpkins let's say into this pen with like 20 pigs and the pigs went wild and like there was like no pumpkin left within two minutes these things ravaged the pumpkins uh and it was disgusting the sound of just a bunch of pig mouths and they're rolling in the pumpkin guts in their own filth uh i think those pigs would have loved some granola bars uh, i'm happy pumba the pig survived this i hope the ranch is able to be rebuilt and pumba will live a long happy life and will remember what humans did for him well, okay. now they're going to have to, the owners are going to have to stock up on granola bars because Pumbaa now has a taste for Nature's Valley dark chocolate, you know, granola bars now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was an interesting story. I think it was um, with, you know, the wildfires are so dark. It's affecting so many people across the country to hear an, a light but weird and offbeat story like this is a. Uh, that's a, a welcome uh, distraction, I think, from the majority of the wildfire coverage. Absolutely, especially for the owners who probably assumed that this pig was no more, was deceased from the fires, and oh, then to I was going to make a bad joke. Oh, oh, not going to, not going to yeah. go there. Okay. Not going to go I there. Think I know where you're going to go. Yeah, don't even go there. Let's go on. Yeah. Okay. Was it a barbecue joke? No, like roasting yeah, and, you know, joke, you know, that's kind of a, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're an awful it's person. Awful. So that's <laughs> a real reflection as to um, who I'm working with here. An awful person with a damn good shirt. Look, though. you represent the it. enemy. You go there every single day <laughs> and now you're wearing a shirt for a dirty shirt, legally a dirty shirt for several days. <laughs> roll up the rim. <laughs> it's nonsense uh, you're you're I, just a walking jackass i saw actually i thought of you uh, rolling your eyes at me yesterday when i was wearing the shirt um i had a tim hortons coffee <laughs> in my i was walking down the street i had a coffee from tim i was like i'm such a scumbag i had come at a dollarama so i had a dollarama bag I had this shirt on, the roll up the rim shirt, and there's a Tim Hortons there, so I grabbed a coffee to have on the walk. So I'm walking down the street with a Tim Hortons cup of coffee, a Tim Hortons shirt, holding a Dollarama bag, and just it just hit me all of a sudden. Like if anyone sees me right now, they're probably laughing at me. No, they're not laughing. They're just rolling their eyes. So yeah. It's, um. Anyway, let's. I don't know. You know where I went sad. for my coffee today? Robbins. Where? I love Rob. There's none near my house in Halifax. So I don't know what it is, but Robin's it's great, but they just, they're not, they don't have the market share to demand my coffee dollars. Yeah. But you're supporting the enemy. Like Tim Hortons will always be on every single street corner. As long as people like you are walking around, you know, mm -hmm. just, just take the extra step and go somewhere else. Yeah. I got some soul searching to do. 
Uh, we'll all soul search as we get into this next story. And and since like the mood is kind of down a little bit on the show, like with this um, pile on of me, let's go. Let's keep that going. Let's get into a dark story. This one relates to the theft of bones and rocks from a bones and rock store. The Vancouver Police Department is on the hunt for a man who just stole $10,000 in artifacts from a, they call it a rock and gem store in Vancouver, BC. Listen to this story. This is something that it's an extension of myself. It's a lot like people letting people into my home and then them taking from it. The owner of Rubble Rock and Gem here in South Vancouver says a man allegedly stole over $10,000 worth of artifacts, including dinosaur fossils that are millions of years old, while visiting his store two times in May. Adam Kelleher says he became suspicious when the same man visited his store two times, spending half an hour inside each time before leaving without buying anything. After the second time, he checked the security camera and saw the suspect had put something in his pocket. So I ran after him, ran down the sidewalk, and uh, actually caught up with him and uh, asked to see in his pockets, and he showed me and there was nothing in his pockets. I didn't take the time to look further and see that later on he had moved it, you know, he crouched behind a cabinet and moved down and tucked it and put it in his bag there, and he had also put way more things in his bag. On Friday, the Vancouver Police Department released photos of the stolen fossils and the suspect, asking anyone who recognizes him to call them. He took a, he had the audacity to take a whole crinoid uh, plate and put it right in his bag. Crinoids are 450 million year old uh, species, kind of ancestor of the starfish. Police say the suspect is five foot seven with a medium build, wears glasses, and has short, clean cut, dirty blonde hair. Kelleher says while the theft affects him and his finances, he's lost trust in new customers, and that hurts more. It's like a dagger inside to then keep welcoming people and wonder if they're going to be the next one that does it. They're going to be the next one to steal. The VPD says they believe the suspect probably took the fossils for his own personal collection rather than to sell them in vancouver sarachu city news where do i start with this here's here's one thing we've talked a lot about how if you're going to do a crime (laughs) if you don't want to get caught don't do a crime that people are going to be interested in like gawking at and i think the idea of stealing you know you know 40 million year old fossils worth ten thousand dollars and looking like an idiot on CCTV camera, like the security camera showing this like nerdy guy, like really slowly putting the fossils in his bag. This guy's just such a craphead. Um, I hope he becomes famous, and I hope they get him. Well, he's so visible in the in in the security footage. Oh, they got great. You couldn't photos have on. better footage of someone stealing from your business. Like, and we're so used to when whenever you see. Uh, security footage of somebody stealing from a store. Usually they have like a hoodie on or they're kind of a shady looking character. Like there's a stereotype there that this guy does not fit into whatsoever. Like you say, he's a he total looks like nerd. Some... Uh, he's a dork. Mm-hmm. And you would think that <laughs> you would think that like a, like a nerdy guy like this would have a bit more of a clever way of stealing the fossils. Right. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's just there mm-hmm. and he's just completely visible in plain sight, being captured on camera in, in full view and just putting the, the items in his bag. And very slowly, yeah. too. If you watch on the camera, I feel like he was 
like terrified he he's so slowly moving it into his pocket as if like no one's gonna see me move uh, not realizing there's cameras all around and then the the other thing that proves he was like very kind of scared and whatever in there is uh the owner said he came in a couple times and stayed in there for like long periods of time so i feel like this guy was in there like trying to hype himself or up he was seeing shoplift. what was in there and he wanted to scope out exactly what he wanted to steal first so he goes in and eyes what he wants and takes the time to know exactly where it's located that way when he comes back mm. he knows exactly what to take and and where what shelf oh, it's on and, and and all of that so i don't know yeah. like he's gonna um, get caught he's he's so visible there's no way he's how can he not how can he not and i think he's just this mild meek nerdy crook uh with no pl- no way of getting away with it he's he's like you said a perfect shot of him captured the owner even chased him down and caught him but the owner just wasn't like didn't go through the guy's bag because you i guess you can't do yeah that. i was kind of confused um, about that too where he said show me what's in your pockets and then he'd already had the items in his bag and then the guy's like well i don't well, have anything in my pocket yeah i guess the owner didn't push it further I, the owner saw on the camera the guy take the things and put it in his pocket and then went after him but the, when he got the guy, the guy opened his pocket or showed him what was in his pockets. He didn't have anything. But it was only later that the owner watched more of the video and saw that at another point, another time during the crook's visit in the store, he took the stuff out of his pocket and snuck it in his bag. So the owner didn't take that step of searching the guy's bag. Um, but he couldn't have anyway unless the criminal wanted to. You can't just grab someone and search their bag. But I hope this guy gets caught. When you see like a store owner like this fella uh in this in this article here he comes across as someone who is like running kind of like a mom pa style business who has a true fa- a true passion for the work he's doing you can tell the owner of that business loves rocks and fossils and the idea that like I, i'm sure that he enjoys his days of just chatting with the customers about the cool rocks and fossils and then when someone comes in and breaks that trust by stealing uh and ten thousand dollars that's a lot of money mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't like this crime i want them to get this guy yeah this guy's not going to be able to leave his parents basement for a really long time because everybody's going to recognize him when he walks down the street now <laughs> that's definitely it his parents basement where he has a couple rocks and fossils uh a few of which are worth a ton of money thanks to this heist yeah um, I, I wonder if someone put him up to it and he doesn't look like the usually if someone puts you up to a crime though it's because you're vulnerable well, this in guy some looks way like a vulnerable like a drug addict dweeb. like you know you could be cornered and be like get me that fossil nerd <laughs> that's not how it works get, get me that fossil you would, now you nerd like a like this like alpha nerd yeah. made like the beta nerd go in if and you steal. want to be a part of our computer club you have to steal ten thousand dollars worth of old starfish fossils bring them to us by high noon uh i've looked for updates i haven't seen an arrest made in this case yet uh i, I think it's only a matter of time someone's going to recognize this dork this stealing mm-hmm. dork and they're going to bring him down uh 
Dork's Honor. It's okay to be into like nerdy stuff. I collect G.I. Joe figures from the 80s and comic books. I'm sure you have a bunch. You're into theater, which is traditionally nerdy, I would no, say. It's, it's not nerdy. It is no. nerdy. I do nothing nerdy. Everything I do is wicked cool. <laughs> I'm 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 at the top of the food chain when it comes to coolness. Okay. Uh I will say I'm a nerd then, but I think if you're gonna be a nerd, you wear it with pride and honor. Um you break the nerd's code if you steal from another nerd, I say. So screw you, rock and fossil thief, and I'm sorry for insulting you, Aaron. Let's get on to the next story. This one is going to rock you to your core, not because it involves teenagers who are out of control and misbehaving, not because it involves animals that are rising up and probably going to eat us or worse. It's because another Canadian institution is leaving the country as a result of business stuff that I, nor I imagine you are able to understand. We grew up blowing our noses with Kleenex, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, probably. I, I called a Kleenex. It may not necessarily have been from the brand Kleenex. I know, and that's. But any tissue, you just call it Kleenex. That's a, that's a thing. When any tissue, facial tissue, we refer to as Kleenex, which is actually a brand name. When you go to a store in Canada, up until now, from the time I was born up until now. There would be a variety of facial tissues available. I called them all Kleenex, but only a section of them were actually Kleenex brand. But that time is coming to an end. The parent company of Kleenex is leaving Canada. Listen to this. When Canadians have the sniffles, they don't often ask for a tissue. When you think of facial tissues, you say, oh, Kleenex, Kleenex, Kleenex. Now the brand that's become part of Canada's cold and flu lexicon is leaving. I guess I won't. I won't wipe my nose. <laughs> I still require Kleenex in my daily life, so I appreciate <laughs> if you would not pull it. Parent company Kimberly Clark is blaming unique complexities and constrained supply for why it will no longer sell Kleenex in Canada. They are being quite vague. Maybe the volume is so so low now that they can't run their production facilities efficiently. The company has made Kleenex and other products at its Huntsville, Ontario factory for more than 50 years. Kimberly Clark did not say whether the plant will be affected. The U.S.-based company told Canadians goodbyes are never easy and thanked them for their loyalty to our Kleenex brand facial tissues for the past few decades. Interesting. Have to see, uh, see who fills that space. Kleenex is just the latest brand to leave the Canadian market. Earlier this year, Nestle Canada pulled its frozen food brands, Delicio, Stouffer's Lean and Life Cuisine, with the company saying they were not part of its long-term strategy here. And last year, Little Debbie stopped selling its sweet snacks in Canada, while cone-shaped bugles were discontinued as well. Canada is a tricky market to do business in. Um, you know, you've got you've got different languages here too. Your packaging, you have to have unique packaging for Canada. And a concentrated group of grocery store owners with a lot of buying power may also be pricing Kleenex out of the market. That's a shame. I think they had they had the best quality. Although few consumers will really shed a tear over having to find a new tissue brand, it's likely they'll still ask for a Kleenex. Kind of an odd thing, like even when Kleenex is gone, how long will it take before 
Canadians stop saying, I need a Kleenex. That's going to be in our dialogue for decades, I'd say. I can't imagine it even being like ever going away. Well, it'll take a couple generations, probably. I imagine there will be a time when I will ask like my grandkid or something for a Kleenex and he will be like, why did we call them that? Like, where does that come from? <laughs> you know, like something like that yeah. is around the time that it'll start changing. It's, it's just so weird that they would leave. I don't, they say the official statement is like due to, I don't know, like business complexity or whatever. I don't know what it could be, but it's, it seems like it's a, a growing list of companies leaving. They mentioned it in that article. Like we heard bugles, the chips that have been around forever. Although I was never crazy about them. Um, we talked about delicio pizzas, mm -hmm. which, which is, I still see on the shelves. Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, maybe it's something where it's slowly being phased out. Or I something. guess they have probably, you know, frozen pizza has a decently long shelf life. So mm -hmm. I imagine there's probably a lot of inventory and in stock that they're just selling off at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, but every time I'm in the grocery store and I still see Delicio in the frozen section, I'm like, I thought they were leaving. When's yeah. it going? I imagine like a frozen pizza is probably good for a year, I would say, if they if it's kept frozen, especially yeah, that kind, like an uncooked frozen pizza. But um, it, I, mm -hmm. I also couldn't find a date of when Kleenex will no longer be on the shelves. Yeah, I imagine it's a phasing out. I don't think it's just instantly gone as we're seeing in the case of Delicio. I'm sure mm -hmm. it's a there's contracts that probably need to be finished off. I'm sure it's it's a slow process, but I just think the Canadian market uh demands a lot from outside companies. Mm -hmm. Uh we're a small market. Mm -hmm. and, you know, when you look at our population compared to the United States, we're a big piece of real estate with a small population. So mm -hmm. the logistics are complicated. The packaging is complicated because the, the market is small. So is it worth all the hassle? Yeah. And when you say the uh, packaging is complicated in Canada, products are required to be uh, French and English to be bilingual on the packaging, which right. is it, it re that requires a manufacturer of a product to have separate packaging just for Canada. And it's, um, it, it, you know, that's not easy because the way they, the way these manufacturers who make tons of stuff make business, uh, make money is by, you know, the more they make, the cheaper it is per item. And if you got to make a whole separate section of product just to send to Canada, that's, you know, that's a pain in the butt. And I could, I could, I bet you that has a part to play in it for sure. Oh, a huge part. I, I bet it's, it's like, you know, this is, we only can make so much money off of Canadians. Mm -hmm. And we have all this hassle and all this added expense to be able to operate in there. Mm -hmm. And we have to ship it across these, you know, great plains to get yeah, from place to place. Yeah, you have all these small little pockets around this big piece of land that mm -hmm. that the logistics is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And Meta won't even allow us to have news. And now That's we can't right. use Kleenex. Yeah, it, we're at a point in our country's history where uh, we're starting to see a lot of shame to be Canadian lately. Do you find that shame? No, I don't know. I explain. I don't. I haven't noticed shame to be Canadian. I think. Um, yeah. What do you mean? Well, me. shame is in people are starting to really question if Canada is a good place to live anymore. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing that a lot on like social media and. Uh, you know, people complaining about how costly it is. Like Canada used to be an affordable place to live. It used to be, 
uh, a place that you could carve out a really good living and, mm -hmm. and for yeah it was affordable now it certainly isn't we're from coast to coast there's a housing crisis crisis where ownership of a home is almost impossible it seems for a lot of people and not only is ownership impossible finding a place to rent is near impossible and something we've always taken pride in since i was a kid is this idea that canadians have free health care and it's amazing you get hurt you just go to the hospital and get it fixed for free yeah but you know it may be free but it is far from good health care it's here oh, it's, like, it's not free if you have to spend 16 hours in the in outpatients to yeah for to, something that takes maybe 10 minutes to mm, be addressed you yeah know? in fact so you uh, don't have a family doctor to be able to make an appointment with so you're stuck waiting in outpatients and you're there forever miserable like that's not free no <laughs> i i get it it's um it's an issue and i i know i've heard of a lot of people who've gone out of country for private care for different things because the wait in Canada was so so long to get you know these kinds of appointments and in fact there's um this business opened up not far from my house and you know if you go to like your doctor if you have one and they're referring you to some other place to get like a scan of something and mm -hmm. you know it's going to be six months before they can do this x-ray or whatever it is and you know this sort of thing there's a there's a private clinic by my house that if your your doctor can refer you there for this kind of like you know x-rays or whatever it is and you but you just pay them so rather than getting it free at the hospital in six months you can pay this place and they'll get you in and like you know this week and i think yeah. like that sort of thing is just a sign that our free healthcare system is crap um it scares me as i'm as i'm getting older fortunately i bought a house when it wasn't crazy so i have that going for me but um Every day that I get older, the clock ticks a little bit louder. And oh, I'm like, it certainly does. I'm like, yeah. doctor, can you help? And just no one answers back. Uh, well, you can call me. And you help? I'll try. Okay. What's, you have a problem now? I'll, I'll solve it. <laughs> that would be an interesting conversation. Um, let's not mm -hmm. go there. I don't think, okay. uh, I don't think you, I, I need your help. But yeah, if you've got a man it, that strikes me that uh, as, as a man who has problems. No, no, I got, got it, it all out. figured out. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You're there in your Tim Hortons shirt with your Tim Hortons coffee and your your Stupid dollar store <laughs> canned food and whatever else you're <laughs> you're peddling over there. Um, let's Probably get head to toe in GI Joes. Let's get on to the next story. This one. So, if Kleenex leaving the country didn't rock your world completely and knock you flat on your back on the side of your chair there. We're going to be visiting another topic that I know keeps you up at night. This is a story of the animal uprising. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we get to the story that we're going to talk about this week, I received an anonymous voice memo from a listener who claims to be on the front lines of the war between animals and human beings. They wanted to share some messages with us from the front lines. Let's Let's hear what they got to say. Hey guys, it's uh, Wayne calling from uh, Borneo in the front lines of the uh, animal uprising. So I won't give you the exact location. Uh, former uh, Cape Bretoner. Anyway, uh, yeah, right in the front lines here. The uh, I live in an area that's full of uh, monkeys called macaques, and the buggers have been. Uh, they tear apart everything. They tear apart my fence. They tear apart. My, they flower beds. They throw the 
flower pots around. They uh, cross my kitchen window on the fence. They'll get up there and do the dirty and look at you and smile. They'll, uh, you know, run across the air, run across the roof. Anyway, I started going out the door and yelling at them like an old man, you know, get, hey, kids, get off my yard. That didn't work. Went to lasers, flashing lasers at them. That sort of worked. Now I'm at the point where I'll go out with a slingshot. Don't have to use it because they know what it is and they start running. But but uh, anyway, we're right in the front lines here. So unlike uh, Aaron Airport, uh, I'm not going down without a fight. So I'll be, you know, even if I end up laying in the in the in the driveway with my <laughs> catapult in my dead hand, I'm going to keep fighting till the very end. Anyway, you guys have a good one. Love the podcast. Take care. So he said he was calling from Borneo. Uh- and that he was an ex Cape Redner. I looked up Borneo. That's an island in Borneo is a giant rugged island in Southeast Asia's Malay archipelago. Okay. <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> so he's on the other side of the world, but he is seeing the same thing there that we are dealing with here. Big difference. You and I have been looking for a diplomatic solution to this. We, I think, have resigned to our fate that our position in the hierarchy of living things is about to change. This listener seems to be joining some kind of like accelerationist militant type either group or he's going solo and he's fighting with a slingshot. Yeah, he's making a huge mistake. Uh, but I guess what choice do you got if they're doing the dirty in your window and smiling at you? That's terrifying, these monkeys, what they're doing. You just have to thank them for it. Thank you. Uh, you know, anytime you want to defecate on my windowsill, it is it is here, Mr. Overlord. Is it defecation that he means when he says doing the dirty? I think the monkeys are oh, literally pleasuring themselves. Not even. I think they're literally in the window reproducing. Fornicating. Yeah. Which could be maybe an F you in terms of like, I'm so comfortable in teasing you that I'm going to fornicate in this window and smile. Or it could be like, I'm making more monkeys. Whether it's defecation or fornication, either way, you must thank them for it and and allow them the space to carry on what they're doing. Okay. Because these are our overlords. Mm Mm-hmm. And overlords uh, can do whatever they want to you and around you. Mm-hmm. And to think that you can fight back, With it's not going to do you a service. It's not going to do you any good because you can't win this war. So all you can do is submit and hope for the best like I am doing. I, mm-hmm. I have submitted. Mm-hmm. I would be honored if several monkeys came to my window right now and had sex in front of me. And I would, I would um, appreciate it. And if they would allow me, I would take photographs. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm glad to hear another perspective on how to deal with this. I think this is the first person we've spoke to who is going out swinging, who is going to live by the sword and die by the sword. I tip dying by the sword for sure. I I think that's going to be the outcome, but they're going to fornicate on top of his dead body when they're through with him. <laughs> I tip my hat to you. Go out uh, the way you want to go out, buddy. 
and we appreciate the voice memo. Um, hopefully you get home to Cape Breton from Borneo before push comes to shove. Let's get into the next story, though, and uh, we're not done with animals yet. This one is the story of a house invasion, a home invasion, house invasion, home invasion. In home, yeah, home, home invasion. invasion in a place called Langford, Langford, BC. In this story, we're going to hear about how two animals, sorry, we're going to hear about how two adults, a dog, and two RCMP officers were almost killed by a raccoon. Listen to this. <laughs> a disturbance in a Langford home. Chance. Two officers responded. It takes both to apprehend the suspect. Two and a half feet and 20 pounds of mayhem. Anything moving was a threat. It was very aggressive. It happens Tuesday night, a pre-bedtime backyard romp by chance. The family dog leads to a chance encounter with a roving raccoon. I screamed, I know neighbors heard, and chance came running in our dog and the raccoon unfortunately followed into our house. Sandra is now trying to break up the fight in the house, which is when husband Miles joins the fray. The only thing in my, in my area was my guitar, um, so the guitar didn't survive, the raccoon did. Fleeing from the honky-tonk assault, the raccoon ends up in the bathroom where Miles shuts the door, trapping it. RCMP arrive, and with no animal control available at that time, the officers go to work. Ended up using uh, what was essentially uh, like a dog snare and a lacrosse stick to try and shoo the animal out of the bathroom. But the raccoon wasn't going easily. It latched onto the molding and bounced to the ceiling fan. Eventually, they were able to get the critter into the snare, to the ground, and out the side door. Chance got the worst of this encounter with scratch marks on his belly and a few puncture wounds. He's a bit skittish about the backyard, but is otherwise all right. Sandra suffered hand injuries, but also avoided any major trauma. The guitar likely suffered the most, along with the bathroom door frame. Egos did take some collateral damage. I said, you know, I'm not a small guy. You guys are both armed. And it took all three of us to deal with this raccoon. How do you guys feel about that? He was like, feeling a little bit wimpy right now. And I'm like, yeah, so do I a little bit. An ordinary summer Tuesday night turned extraordinary. Sandra, Miles, and family say they will have great stories and video to go along with it. As for the raccoon, it's still on the loose. Charges are unlikely, and it would be almost impossible to pick it out of a police lineup anyway. I don't know. If a raccoon wants to get in your house, you're going to have a hard time getting it out of there. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, I've said this a number of times on this show, but raccoons are not to be trifled with. No. They are aggressive. They are nasty. They're strong. They're stubborn. They're just, they're, they terrify me. Yeah. Well, if you think of what a cat can do to you, like, you, you know, you have you have your wonderful Ken Tiggs there. But when a cat wants to, it can tear a strip off your arm and you can't catch it. It can do all these crazy things. Raccoons, they're just kind of like heavily armored, like uber cats or something, it seems. Are, are they even cats? What like what is a raccoon in terms of like comparing it to animals? It's kind of like a mix of a cat and a dog or something, is it? I always kind of considered it to be in the rodent family, but um, yeah, I guess like let, let's let we don't normally Google on this show, but this is an this is a time where we should because I kind of see it not too like maybe a distant cousin of a fox or something, but it kind of looks like cats when you see them kind of lurking around. But yeah, their faces kind of have that rodent rat 
mouse hamster gerbil mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of look. Uh, let's. Uh, there's a word I can't pronounce. Uh, prosinoid. You, you should always try. It is the largest of the prosinoid. Prosinid. 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 <laughs> anyway, I completely butchered that. Um. Okay. Let me try this. I googled is a raccoon a rodent and what Google answered is no raccoons are not rodents. They're actually more closely related to bears, wolves and cats in the order of carnivora. A rodent's wow. a completely separate order. So it's actually so it is in fact closer to a cat. But now that I read that they are similar to bears, right? They're like little mini bears that are like cat-like. If a bear and a cat had a baby, why wouldn't it be a raccoon? Yeah, give, I guess give me so. one throw good a reason. Fox in there too. Throw throw a you know maybe it was some kind of a, a key party that the animals were having, and the fox was there, the bear was there, the cat was there, the lights were off, the music was soft. And then Next day there was a time. nine Next months later there was a, a raccoon. raccoon in your garbage. <laughs> just digging through it um but yeah one in your house the idea when you watch the news clip that we we had just played for one they called the rcmp what is the rcmp gonna do with like with a rodent you'd have to call animal control you think but But there was no animal control available at the time and they needed help so who, who you're not gonna call ghostbusters well, you call like your neighbor or a friend or no, something. No, I'm not. If you called me to help you with a raccoon in your house, I would you, not come. I, I wouldn't even think to call the police. I guess you could call 911 and be like, I have an emergency. There's a raccoon like going nuts. Well, because the house. raccoon is going to harm you and animal control is, is in bed. So, <laughs> so, I mean, the police show up and they're as helpless as the homeowner. So the police and the homeowner joined forces. Uh, they make some, I think that it said they use like a lacrosse net or something like that. That was basically like a net on a stick. Um, and they managed to, they didn't capture the thing. They managed to just kind of get it outside, shoo it out the door. But if you watch the news clip of this interaction, there's one scene where the homeowner is filming over the police officer's shoulder. The police officer seems to be entering maybe a bathroom where the raccoon was holed up in somehow the raccoon is like on the ceiling and they're like trying to like grab at it i don't know what was happening but i think they needed an exorcist as much as they needed two rcmp officers Uh, they're lucky the cops didn't pull out guns because certainly a few people would have died in that house what they needed to do and what they should have done was just left leave the keys on the table pack their things and just walk (laughs) out yeah. yeah It's not yeah, your house start anymore. a new life. Start yeah. a new life. And if you don't think that raccoon's gonna be back with a few friends in a few other in a few days, yeah, you're you're nuts. Yeah, try your luck with the monkeys in, in, in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> um at least they have possession and ownership of their home for now. I have a feeling we'll be revisiting this story soon. Mm-hmm. I think we've done it though, Aaron. We've gone, we've covered a lot of ground tonight. Let me just recap what we talked about. We heard about Pumbaa, the surviving pig. We talked about the theft of the bones and the rocks. We heard how Kleenex was leaving Canada and we had the raccoon home invasion. Uh, I think we did it. 
this country maybe feel a little weirder, a little more interesting? It's consistently weird, as weird week to week as it normally is. Okay. It's so, normally weird. Okay. And it's still weird. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap this up, let's call out to uh, the audience, to members of Keep Canada Weird Nation, to the Keep Canada Weird Army. What do you want to hear about? Uh, I want to hear about anyone who has ever heard of the Cinnamon Sun Ships, okay. the elusive, uh, fictitious Cinnamon Sun Ships. I want some ideas for halloween themed episodes last year we did the um the clown sighting craze uh, i want to know what, what listeners or members of keep canada weird nation want us to do this year yeah yeah i forgot we did that episode where we covered the clowns that was fun i love that yeah i want to find something fun to do this year as well um any listeners out there who have any ideas on what they would like to hear for halloween content from keep canada weird uh, DM us mm. via well DM us via a voice memo sent through nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Yeah, that's what he said. Let's put a bow on this, Aaron. Uh, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Don't trust a nerd and carry some granola bars in case things get wild. Uh, yeah, carry granola bars, but be careful the nerd doesn't steal your granola bars right in front of you. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, let us know. If you have feedback or opinions on any of the stories we discussed, let us know about that too. And if you have ideas for our Halloween special, we definitely want to hear about that. You can reach us at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We can hardly wait to hear from you. Now, I'm going to wrap up this episode, but before we part, I'm going to give thanks. A big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. On the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Christina, Stacy, and LM, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help us out in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and both funds the creation of the show while giving you the episodes two days early, giving them to you ad-free, and giving you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. If that sounds good, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And if for whatever reason you can't go premium, you can still help me out by sharing this show on social media and letting all your friends know what we're doing here. Again, if you have story ideas, want to give feedback or comments on the show, send us a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast.